Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Bees Knees Ben and the Bees Knees Brittany, and on TikTok at the Bees Knees Podcast. We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, cause we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah. I've been seeing a chiropractor because I'm a grown-up now with grown-up <laughs> problems and back aches and <laughs> bad shoulders. So chiropractor is our best buddy. And I feel like you were even more so in need of the chiropractor. Probably like definitively more physically fucked up than you were. Yes. For much longer because you're a little bit older than me and 30 hit you oh my sooner God. than I am me. A, I am barely older than you yeah but still once you hit 30 that's when you start having problems and it did happen sooner and even a year and a half of problems because you're 30 a year and a half of hard labor (laughs) that (laughs) is it it makes a difference so you needed a chiropractor before me but i just recently got a job that has benefits benefits so we had to wait and so naturally since they're my benefits and you're just like the moocher (laughs) (laughs) you had to wait your turn i got to go see the chiropractor first now i've got you in to see the chiropractor and i don't know why i just thought that watching you at the chiropractor and seeing her do her first kind of like once over on your body to find all of the things that are wrong with you it it was it was so bizarre it was hilarious i don't know why i found it so funny but i just i just couldn't stop like laughing and i had to try and contain myself because it's not appropriate <laughs> imagine to be if laughing. i was there just at a chiropractor appointment and you're just sitting there hysterical going, <laughs> yeah so this chiropractor what she does she first says you like walk like out into the hallway and then back and she just just by looking at you she's like oh see your 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 spine is weird this way your hips are off you walk weird your feet are pointed out too much and she's just assessing all of my wrongness and like one ouch stop calling me wrong um but it was just it was odd to, to hear about all these things that a professional can see is physically wrong with me that I had no clue about. Yeah. Like a few of the things that were wrong with me, my, my shoulders, one was way higher than the other. And my collarbone to nose was so off kilter that it's like that dance move where you put your hand on your chest and then you push your head to the side. Yeah. But like your body doesn't move. I, I believe it's referred to as pop and lock. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> But it's just like I was walking around stuck in the end, like the middle of that dance move. Right. And then she was going around. She was just like feeling all my joints and being like, oh, like you must do something like your shoulders are this. X is that. You had a knee injury. Pretty bad knee injury. I was like, oh, go on. I do not believe I have ever had a knee injury. And she's like, oh, yeah, see, you feel this little lump. That's not supposed to be there. That's supposed to be at the back. Oh, and there's actually some, like, there's scar tissue in there. I was just like, this is fucking news to me. I have gone my entire life 
not knowing that I had a just genuinely fucked up knee from an injury. Yeah. When did this happen? And well, she told you. She said it could have been from when you were a kid and it just didn't heal properly. But I don't remember anything happening as a kid. I don't remember half the shit that happened to me when I was a kid. But I can guarantee that there are some fucked up shit (laughs) that I did that injured myself. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you broke your arm. You fell out of the tree. I did. You jumped out of the tree, broke your arm. No, I fell. Why would I jump out with my arm behind me? You jumped out of the tree. But because your arm was broken and obviously in more pain... There's potential that you also injured your knee at that time, but it wasn't as severe, so your brain, like, didn't focus on it at all. Like, I guess. Like, I'm also thinking, like, there was a time I fell off my bike, and I got, like, a big chunk of stone in my other knee. Yeah. So, like, if she had said that my right knee had this injury, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense, but not this. This ain't it, chief. Well, see, I feel like as a kid, you're so... You're so, like, you have bounced back so quickly, right? Like, you're more agile. You, things don't seem to affect you as much. That's why the whole, like, being an adult, all these aches and pains, you don't bounce back as quick. Well, it's apparently because I haven't fully bounced back from my childhood injury. And you didn't notice because, <laughs> you know, your body was just like, whatever, we're kids. We're supposed to yeah. be f- flexible and get banged up a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then another thing that I just totally was not prepared for, she like as she was going around feeling all the 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 bits of me that were broken and wonky, like I was just like face down, head poked through the little hole of the the headrest, and then she's just casually asking me questions, and then I'm just like, yeah, so this this this, and then I feel the strongest pressure <laughs> pushing my butt cheek. Up into <laughs> like just the deepest crevices of my rib cage. Just like this isn't the ass to mouth people warn you about, <laughs> but it's what I got. See, and like so she was adjusting your tailbone and stuff. And uh and like that was oh, again not what she was doing. Yeah. Your tailbone, your hips, like those were all the things that she said were kind of like off center that she was yeah. readjusting. And I remember seeing that happen and thinking like I had to control myself because I was like, if I burst out laughing, it's just so inappropriate. Like I can't do that. Yeah. But I just knew what you were going to be thinking. (laughs) And it was so hard to contain myself. And I just I remember having my hand over my mouth a bunch, (laughs) like just sitting there like arms kind of crossed but the other hand over my mouth just like casually like scratching my nose or like looking away and anything (laughs) that would not be super obvious that I was being really immature but so immature Brittany and then the funniest part of all of this is that when she was done she's just like you know I'm surprised because I see a lot of couples come in and the problems I find in them are opposite like the the husband will have their hips out and the wife will have her shoulders out for example and those will be their main problems but as you were saying like one of your shoulders was higher your nose and your collarbone were off center same issues as me (laughs) exact same the same shoulder even and she was kind of like baffled because it's so 
infrequent that she sees couples come in with the exact same issue. We are the same. And I just, it makes me wonder, like, we don't have the same line of work. We're not doing the same thing. Why are we both so fucked up in the same way? (laughs) Physically. (laughs) No, it could be said for a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I don't have an answer for yet. We are... We are very, very similar that it has been a problem in a lot of ways. But in another way, I'm just like, how is it possible? Like, you know how people talk about soulmates and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like out of the billions of people in the world, most people find their so-called soulmate in the same country as they're in, which it's like, if you have a soulmate, what are the odds that they would be in the same country in the same town they'd be in the same small town as me yeah and so it's just like you think about soulmates and dumb shit like that but i honestly think i'm like how would i ever find anybody that likes the same shit that i do so much (laughs) like everything it would be impossible so i guess if you were to run down your checklist and try to find somebody like Equally fucked up physically, check. <laughs> Likes musicals, check. Will wear pink to the theater, check. You're not finding anybody else. In not this especially area. not in this area. Yeah. <laughs> like, cannot be obsessed with his truck. <laughs> <laughs> You've already lost ninety five percent of the people here. Yeah. So I feel like I got really lucky. Oh, I you. You're lucky you got me. Yeah, I guess you're. We're stuck together because. Yeah, you are pretty lucky you got me. Equally though, <laughs> you would have a hard time, I think, finding someone else. Unless I'm just speaking out here, like I'm thinking we're so perfectly matched, <laughs> and you're over there like, mm, yeah. Bish. Was, what's that Kanye line? I don't know. There's a thousand yous. There's only one of me. Right. <laughs> Yes. That's that's the the goal in life, right? To like relate to Kanye West. I mean, maybe for some people. <laughs> for for emotionally intelligent and mature <laughs> people, right? 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 <laughs> okay, so like let's get down to the thing that we're like like I'm really excited. We we Barbenheimed. Yeah. We Barbenheimered. We we spent five hours in a movie theater. I know. And we got shamed for it. Like we were walking around the mall. I tried some things on, you know, killing time before oh our God. movie started. And this bitch. she's like, oh, got any plans for today? It's such a beautiful day. And we're, and you, I was in the yeah, change you room. You were in the change room just listening in. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're going to catch the double feature. We're Barbenheimer. We're going to wa- go in. We're going to watch Oppenheimer. We're going to have just like a nice little break to unwind. You know, it's a lot of movie Then we're going to barbie it up. And and she was just like, oh, you want to sit in a theater on such a lovely day? That's a lot of that's a lot of movie to sit in a theater when it's so nice outside. It's like, bitch. Yes, I do. I can think of nothing I want more on this beautiful Saturday afternoon All I- <laughs> to spend my entire day inside the movie theater watching these two just, polar opposite movies. Yes. 
like honestly when you <laughs> when you when you were just about to say about how it's like there's nothing else I want more and I don't know why because it's wildly out of context but I'm just thinking like to me in my head what is an, an appropriate response to say to her in that moment is just like oh it's such a beautiful day why would you want to spend it inside it's such a beautiful day well damn it Jackie I can't control the weather <laughs> I can't control that it's nice out today when I had plans to go see these movies I can't control that it's not raining right now <laughs> And I, I know that that's <laughs> not the weather that he's talking about, but that's the mind that just popped into my I, head. I think what I actually said was, yep. Yep. <laughs> you betcha. That's what I'm doing. It's just like, oh, you're going to spend all day inside the theater on this beautiful day? Yep. <laughs> she then proceeds to walk over to my change room, knock on the door, be like, how's it going in there? Yeah, just ended it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's great. Like, I don't understand what the goal was in that. It's just like, you're right. I should ignore the like $60 worth of tickets I have already paid for. Because it just decided to because be nice Because it out. just happens to be a beautiful day. And you know what? Random lady in the fitting room of the gap sure i'll do that just for you i'll go <laughs> outside i'll enjoy the day i will just i'll bask in the glow of nature you know in the same respect like we're also just in the mall right now <laughs> right <laughs> what are you doing you're, you're I mean, in the fitting room of the gap <laughs> i feel i feel kind of bad because i remember when i was working customer service and how much because every, I feel like everybody that knows me knows that I will sit in the sun for hours. You are a fucking lizard. I'm a lizard. And I love it. Just get me a rock to lay on and I will <laughs> sprawl out and you will find me there like six hours from now. And I love it. And I used to hate it so much. When it was so beautiful outside. And I'd have people come in. They'd be like, oh, it's such a beautiful day today. What a shame you're stuck in here. <laughs> and I'd be like, bitch, I could stab <laughs> you right now. But instead it's like, oh, I know. What a shame. <laughs> but As death is in my eyes. Would, <laughs> but would you ever go up to somebody and it's just like, hey, like one, I know you would never just be like, so what are you doing today? But it's just like, imagine you did. See, the problem also is like I found in my experience with customer service is that I didn't need to ask them what their plans were because people oftentimes overshared. <laughs> so it's like I I want to I want to show you as little interest in you as possible because I already know you're going to tell me too much. <laughs> Regardless of what I say, you're going to tell me about your weekend. You're going to tell me about all these things. But could you imagine if somebody said... Well, we're heading off to the city. We're going to go watch two movies. And you're just like, but it's such a beautiful day. You could just be outside sitting on a rock basking motionless for eight hours. Yeah. You know, I would actually love to see someone's response to that because they'd probably be very like, the fuck it, is it wrong It would be very you? similar to my response of just, yep. See, I don't think it would be because if I painted that picture of just basking on a rock, they would think <laughs> that there was something wrong with me. And like Rightly I so. I was going to say I can't disagree. <laughs> but I feel like it, now I kind of want to know what the response is. Anyway, Barbenheimer, <laughs> one of the things that I 
loved that I want to repeat because I think that it was just such a funny and charming little fantasy that I had in my head. We were entering the mall pre-Barbie, no, pre-Oppenheimer. Yep. And um, I was just like, ah, one of the things I'm most excited to see, because already at that time of day, you could see the outfits. People yeah. were in their Barbie outfits, and I was like, oh, this is just going to be so much fun because you're going to see the same people potentially, right? I'm yeah. like, we're going to go into our theater, and we're going to see some people and just be like, you you checking out the the Barbie later? Yeah, yeah, me too. Maybe we'll see you there. And I was just like imagining what it would be like to just be best friends with whoever I'm sitting beside me. Like, hey, going to see you at the theater later. Same place. Cool. <laughs> and then I was just like going through these just imaginary scenario. dialogues. Yes. And you were just like, I would love to see you actually do that to people because you know I would yes. never. Yes, you. This woman with previously crippling social anxiety walking up to a stranger not only to talk to them willingly but to present this scenario of we're going to be best friends because yep. we are both in this Oppenheimer theater dressed in our Barbie attire. We weren't, by the way, but dressed in our Barbie attire. And hey, we both have this understanding that later on we are seeing Barbie as yeah. well. And because of that, we're bonding right now, right in this moment. And we are best friends. And let's exchange it. phone numbers and talk forever. It's like when you're a kid in the early 2000s. Sorry, jump into my shoes if that's not you. And you go to a summer camp and you meet all these these kids who are also at summer camp. And you're just like, oh, we have this really temporary and like meaningless connection. Mm -hmm. Give me your MSN username. Let's be best <laughs> friends forever. And then you so talk true. to them for like three days and then you don't talk to them ever again. Yeah. But they stay in your MSN like yeah friends list honestly we met someone when we lived in peterborough mm -hmm. and we were out partying drinking all the time <laughs> and uh i believe it was halloween and so we're all dressed up and we had done some pre-drinking so we were going to catch a bus we were going to go to some bars clubs whatever and we see this complete stranger girl kind of she was also obviously pre-drinking because she was having a real hard time walking from A to B. And so she's having a really hard time standing. Yeah, that's true. And she comes across the street to us as we're standing at the bus stop and she's kind of like falling in the street and uh, she's got heels on. I mean, like props to her because I would have taken those off because <laughs> I'd be afraid that I would break my ankle yeah. because it's already hard to walk in heels and then you add that much alcohol to the mix and it's just like, <laughs> girl, you are brave. But she comes across the street and we exchange phone numbers. She's chatting up. She's my best friend because, you know, we're drunk gals that everybody, all drunk gals are drunk your BFFs. white girls are a, just their own breed. Yes. And she convinced us that we should actually not wait for the bus and we should split a cab instead and that we would, you know, split the cab. Anyway, in my phone, I saved her as Steph Drunk Girl. And she was in my phone contacts as Steph Drunk Girl for years. And I had only talked to her that one night 
for the duration of that cab ride. It was the duration of the cab ride. And then we got out of the cab and she said, oh, I don't actually have any money. Yeah. And we're just like, got it. Cool. She's like, but I'll pay you back. Then she comes back with some shitty bar, sh- like the like the vial shots. That someone else like, had bought someone for Someone bought me these and you can have them as payment for the cab. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our interaction. And I was just like, awesome. And then, yeah, we just never spoke again. But we also followed each other on social media. Like I had her on Facebook and Instagram. I don't think I still do. But we had only interacted in real life that one time and even on social media we didn't interact with each other we were just there just strangers passing in the night yeah and i was just like i never really knew her last name and like i did obviously because of facebook but drunk girl drunk girl yeah anyway that's (laughs) that's off to that's off the topic so what did you think of uh in general We'll kind of dive into spoilers later. Uh, what did you think of Oppenheimer? I love a true story. I'm a sucker. I love anything that's based off of a true story. Um, I feel like I've mentioned before that I had no kind of... I wasn't... I didn't have the excitement for it the same mm. way, like... When as soon as I found out that Barbie was happening like a year and a half ago, yeah, I was just like, "Oh my god!" And then I found out Margot Robbie, and I found out Ryan Gosling, and I was like, "Yes!" And I've just been unable to think of anything else ever since. Yeah, I didn't know Oppenheimer was a thing until it was a rival with Barbie. <laughs> yeah. So I can't say that like i'm the most appropriate person to ask about opinions on it because also something that is based on a historical event i don't feel like i have the knowledge to comment on it because i don't know how accurate it was i don't know how true to the person it was i don't know how like the portrayal of the relationship dynamics like i know none of that what did it leave out what did it not tell us? yeah so i feel very like not equipped to answer the question fully just speaking from purely entertainment um i found it to be generally enjoyable like i found it to be a nice story um i did kind of find it hard to follow but i think now that i've had time to reflect and kind of um you know kind of rethink about different events that happened in the movie I'm wondering if the reason that I had such a hard time following with it is because of the random noises and the prolonged repetitive repetitiveness of the noises mm-hmm. that I found myself to be overstimulated, especially because you're in a theater and oh, it's yeah. very and loud and it's... We were in the, like, the enhanced audio theater. Yeah. So, like, every sound was just that much more extra and i guess like to try and portray how his mind works like there are certain things like maybe especially when there was a conflict scene where people were arguing the arguing was quiet and it was just like a repetitive sound like at one point it was stomping feet in bleachers another point i just remember like a high pitch kind of ticking but i can't remember what scene that was and that's kind of when i found out 
okay, maybe the movie itself wasn't hard to follow, but because I was starting to get overstimulated at the sounds, I wasn't able to focus and comprehend on what was happening with both things. Like I was distracted by the sound. I feel like that's fair because the stimulation in this theater, there was a lot. Like it was the enhanced audio theater. So all of the movie sounds, there was a lot. But you're also in a packed theater elbow to elbow with a stranger that you're trying to avoid knocking elbows with. Yeah. So it's like you're three hours in this uncomfortable seat shifting and doing the stimulate like the sensory stimulation of that um, like trying to just fit within your neighbors listening it, it is a lot and I found that I had a lot of times where I lost track of what was going on because I had to adjust so much because my ass was getting sore or something happened that I needed to move and adjust myself. And I feel like we are very self-aware. Like there's a lot of people you see in theaters that like, it's like they aren't, they have no spatial awareness or self-awareness whatsoever because they don't recognize that there are other people that they're either yeah. distracting or obstructing view so or something. So many people don't have any awareness. There are people who, like, I have this thing where my left arm goes back of the seat rest and my f- right arm goes to the front. So I'm kind of, like, on an angle. Yeah. And it's just, like, if everybody adopted my system, nobody would ever touch. And that'd right. be great. Because I don't want to touch. See, I don't use the armrest at all. Oh, see, I... The only armrest I use is the one that is right next to you because I'm fine touching you. Yes, I also am fine touching you. (laughs) Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's like, I do that so that like, and we usually get there before other people. So I have established where my arm is going to be. (laughs) So the person who comes in and sits beside me, is aware yeah i'm just like this is where my arm is or if there's an old guy sitting beside me i'll be like i go back you go forward so we kind of like because i feel like old guy it's just like an old man thing to like just be chummy with the guy next to you is it well that's the only kind of people who i am okay (laughs) talking to in a theater if there is a young person beside me not a fucking word yeah if it's like a 60 year old man I'll make just like stupid dad jokes at the start. Right. Uh, to kind of just like break the ice. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> I know fundamentally we disagree on so much, but you always make fun of me for getting along so well with old but, people. And now and it, look but at it. It's only theaters. You've exposed yourself. I'm not going to be talking to old dudes everywhere I go, but in the theater, I just, I don't know what it is. It just brings out the dad in me, I guess. But, like, I set this up. I am aware of who is beside me. Like, do they have a drink? I am aware of who's in front of me and more people behind me. So it's like, I'm not going to pull out my phone. Most people in a theater don't care. Mm -hmm. They're on their phones, like, well into the movie. They're just throwing their hands around everywhere. The kicking of the seat. The guy behind me in Oppenheimer. Mm Mm-hmm kicked the seat so much i had that too and see that's the same thing like i'm like i'm lucky because i have very tiny legs so it's like i usually can get away with crossing my legs or something um and i never come into contact with the seat in front of me but 
there's also like kind of reclining seats like they have that like adjustability Uh so if they like go fully back sometimes they put their seat into my foot which like fair you can't tell that my foot's there like it's fine and also no one is at fault there because they're just leaning their seat back in the confines of their seat exactly and you're just sitting there but i feel like anytime i do go to try to adjust for comfort i'm i move in like slow motion so my seat doesn't creak (laughs) i like move my foot so daintily so that i don't risk bumping into anybody at all (laughs) and like even if i have to like scratch my back or something i don't want to put my arms up in the air for the sake of the people behind me. So I'm like trying to get in these awkward positions to like. You are too courteous. And part of it is because like it's like I don't want to be a bother to people. But also it is the anxiety of I don't want you to be upset with me. Like I can't handle you being mad at me or not liking me even though you have no idea who I am. <laughs> so it's like I don't want to be that person because I don't want your thoughts about me to be negative. No one would ever think negative of you. So anyway, yeah, it was a long time to sit in the theater, but I am actually, I want to rewatch it at home. Yeah, I feel like it'd be a much easier watch for us here. For us, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, the explosion in the theater. Like there's nothing that compares to that feeling. We are, we have a hard time with all the things happening. So it's like in a very serious, very long, very dramatic movie with lots of big sounds and then no sound at all transition into big sound again and then weird lights and then black and white and then weird lights again. And it's like, it's really fun. And I like the contrast, but I think to the extremes that it is in the theater is just too yeah. much for us personally. So I think at home, I would be able to follow the story a lot better. I think I would enjoy it a lot more because I don't have the surround sound. And I don't think that the little repetitive noises would be as loud that it would be distracting from the scene and what was happening. Yeah, I agree. I So for me, I am at the point where I... I'm tired of three hour long movies and Oppenheimer was good and entertaining, but it was still a three hour long movie Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to sit and like focus for three hours. See, I feel like the thing too is the type of movie it is because when it was end game, there's so many different action scenes that it's it doesn't feel necessarily as long. Yeah, when but you with have like a, 10 minutes at a time that are just a solid action piece. Yeah. It breaks up the time. Oppenheimer is just three hours of dialogue, exposition, yeah. story, and then there's an explosion. Yes. Spoiler, there's an explosion in Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was just a lot. It was a lot of movie. It was good. It is a good movie. Mm-hmm. The acting is very like, good. Like I would go as far to say is it's a great movie. Yeah. But it is, if I were to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give it a 7. Because of the experience. And just because it's great, but it's too long for me. I, I am in a, a, a stage in my life where I just want... Uh, like fun, quick 
like 90 minute movies. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I watched Cocaine Bear. Yeah. And like, it's not a good movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was just quick, dumb. uh, Like it, it, it told the story and then was out. Mm -hmm. It didn't like, I didn't have to sit in it, you know? Yeah. So it only received less than like a, a nine or something because I did, I really enjoyed the content of it, but it was just too long. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. Like the pacing is hard and there was in the bouncing back and forth and like when in time it was happening, it wasn't just like going from point A to point B. So I feel like that mixed with the pacing, I feel like it was meant to kind of break it up so it didn't feel so long. Yeah. But me, it felt like I almost was like trying to work harder to try and keep track of where we were in time. <laughs> a little more mental gymnastics to, and to it, p- piece yeah. it together. And then it was like, so you were doing that while also paying attention to the, like it had incredible visuals. Like, yeah, I remember one of the things I first very little CG in that movie. Yeah. And I remember one of the first things that I kind of thought in the theater watching it was you had a black and white scene. Yep. And then it went into um, kind of getting into the nitty gritty of how his brain was working. And it had like all these little like stars and swirly squiggly like lights moving around and and stuff like that. And. They were fairly, I felt like they were kind of long drawn out scenes. Um, But I remember thinking about how in contrast to the black and white, how just like hypnotizing it was to watch it. And I remember thinking that very early on in the movie about like, oh, wow, so pretty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I was like falling for the angler fish, right? And and I was like, that's a really neat thing. The way like the way they did that, and the black and white, and then going into these really cool effects that they're doing. It's like it was visually appealing. But again, I was feeling kind of distracted because I was like, "Wee, look at the lights!" <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention. And then it was like, "Oh, look at these sounds! What's happening?" And so I think that I want, I definitely want to watch it when it comes out again and kind of re-reflect on everything. And it's definitely worth the rewatch too. Like I won't feel burdened at all by having to rewatch it. Agreed. I I would like to rewatch it just to I feel like it's a trend with Christopher Nolan movies to like watch it again to get a deeper understanding on it because there's there's a lot that he puts into his movies mm-hmm. um and i feel like it's such a uh, a sign that he was passionate about it yeah um and i feel like that's really what like we need more because how many like 10th and 8th sequels do we have at the moment or like the marvel cinematic universe where you have to watch 32 movies to get the full story right I just want a one-off movie made by somebody who cares about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we got two of those at the same time, which was honestly, this was such a magical movie phenomenon Mm -hmm. where these two movies that are so different, they got put on the same day. uh, Like this, I don't know if it's true or not, but there was something that I read that uh, like one of the studios did it to like kind of out of spite to be like, we'll show you, we'll outperform you in the box office. Mm -hmm. 
But then people kind of just took it and ran with it and were just like, yeah, who's like, there's going to be this competition of whether it's Oppenheimer or Barbie. And then it kind of like shied away from the competition Mm -hmm. and then just turned into why not both? It was that little girl in the taco commercial. Like we're going to watch Oppenheimer and then have some mimosas and then watch Barbie. Yeah. Or we're going to go watch Barbie. Then we're going to go smoke six packs of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. And it just kind of became this big Barbenheimer thing where people made fan art posters that are so amazing. They're really cool. I want to get like a sweater made with one of the Barbenheimer like posters. movie poster. Yeah. Where it has all the different characters from both movies in mm-hmm. it. Because it's just... It's so fantastic that these are just two unique ideas made by people who care. Yeah. And because of that and because of just what this turned into, there was like there were so many different people like watching Oppenheimer. Like truthfully, we would not have gone and seen Oppenheimer in theaters. Yeah. If Barbenheimer wasn't a thing. Exactly. We decided like probably a month ago that we were going to do both. And, and that was because I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. I was like, I want to do this. Like, this is we're cool. Gonna, we're going to dress up. We're going to just go in just kind of like more dark casual clothes for Oppenheimer. Then we're going to go full pinks for Barbie. Mm-hmm. And it was so fantastic. Like just to see all the different people just unified in pink. And like, I love the people who incorporated both into their uh, looks yeah like there was some people who had some like pink but it, it kind of had like an old-timey feel I saw a whole bunch of pastel goths that was really cool yeah um, there was it was just it was such a fantastic time and I feel like it's really what moviegoers want yeah because look at the box office returns of uh, the fifth Indiana Jones movie total flop mm-hmm. fast 10 total flop Transformers, the Beasticons or whatever it is, flop. Nobody wants the seventh and eighth and tenth movies. We just want movies that matter. Yeah. Well, and I I remember, like, again, with, like, Marvel, because you think, I think of kind of the community. Like, when I go to the theater, yeah, it's nice to have a big screen. It's nice to have the surround sound and the movie theater popcorn and all that stuff. But I think what really makes the theater special is the community that you are enjoying the movie with. Yeah. And so there was a long time that I felt that way with Marvel. We all were really big fans Mm -hmm. of of this franchise and we loved to see these heroes on the screen. And we were all laughing at the same moments and crying at the same moments and applauding at the same moments. And it was just a really wonderful thing to be a part of. And then... I felt like it just, it wasn't so much so like the fans being oh, there enjoying absolutely. it. absolutely. And like, I feel like it has to do with the studio of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting into this routine of whatever we make is going to sell tickets. Exactly. And so then we had our bad like uh, Black Panther experience where there was uh, quite a few people in the theater that just very obviously didn't care about it. And we yeah. went like opening week time frame and i we said we're never doing that again but opening opening weekend we went to both of these shows 
And the theater, again, was filled with people who also cared about what they were watching. Yeah. The the last time that I really remember going to a theater for a Marvel movie where I got that, the most recent was Infinity War. I would say Spider-Man. I mean... Spider-Man No Way Home had Spider-Man a lot of moments. had a lot when it's just like all the characters came and people were like, yeah... But the the true unification, like when the snap was happening and everybody was silent and like that's when I felt all these people are here because we care about this. Mm -hmm. But the one that is the most prominent memory is before pre-sale tickets, pick your seats online happened. When you would show up to a Marvel movie, I remember we went to see... I I want to say it was the first Avengers. Okay, yeah. And we went, we stood in line with all these other big hairy nerds <laughs> because at the time it it there was more general audience, but it was a lot of just like people who cared about the characters and people who I guess I don't know. I don't want to say it's like real fans, but it was just like the real fans of that current MCU. And the fans that that had more content and more understanding of the characters than just what was portrayed in the films. Yeah, and I feel like now the difference is people just expect like a level of not excellence, but a level of quality from Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like at least it's not going to just suck ass as a movie. Right. But... So you get more people who they're just casual. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's go to the movies. Like, what do you want to see? Oh, I don't care. Let's just watch Black Panther. Right. And then you get the people who sat beside us and it's just like, you're ruining it for me. Mm -hmm. But back then we all stood in line for like an hour and a half. uh, Tried to get as close to the front of the line so you could go and get the best seats. Well, see, that's also the fun thing about the lineups is because obviously... You're standing in the line for like an hour. So you do start talking to these people. You talk about like, oh, you have a really cool shirt or like, oh, let me see your tattoo that is, I don't know, superhero themed. Let me see your Captain America tattoo. Look, I got this Thor t-shirt. Yeah. And like you just, you're kind of conversing and getting to know each other. And then because you're all in like like the same kind of area in the line. And if you're close to the front, you have the first pick of the seats and... So you end up sitting next to each other or like near each other as well. So you're still you're sharing that experience with the people that you just met. And it kind of added to the community feeling in that sense. But yeah, both these films I found again, like the directors cared about it. The actors cared about it and it showed in the performances and it showed in the end result of the movies. But then it also showed in the audience Like, both these movies had people caring about it and, like, obviously Oppenheimer responses and Barbie responses drastically (laughs) different, but you could feel that we were all there for the same reason, to be a part of something, to feel like we were enjoying this. And whether it was us, who we're basically the casual moviegoer in this situation, we weren't one of the diehard fans of the story, we were just like... We think that what is happening right now, not putting these two movies up against each other and 
like having them both be successful and seeing both of them is really cool and yeah. I want to be a part of that. It's very yeah, inclusive. It's, and it's a very special moment to be able to be a part of and like it's crazy how successful both these movies are. Yeah. So I feel like I it was just nice to go to the theater and have that feeling again because it's been a long time since I think that we've had that feeling in going to the theater and you always see those commercials ahead of the show where they're just like oh you have to see this movie in theater like there's no other way to see it. it's always like the actors or the producers or the directors of the movie saying like like if for you some don't reason, it's just always tom cruise yeah if you don't see this movie in theaters like you're missing out like the theater is the only way to see this movie and really understand the the true quality of the story and i would say that like Yes and no for for some things like yeah some like explosions and all that stuff may be better for some people in the theater but I feel like I would enjoy it just as much at home. For me the theater is about the people you're sharing the experience with and it's been a long time since I felt that it was worth spending the money to do that. Yeah because usually the people we're sharing the experience with is each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Which we can do at home. Which we do at home. Or we can do it at a theater where there's just a bunch of people who are inconsiderate. Yes. But with this, it's like we just, we genuinely shared it with the whole audience. Like Oppenheimer, I didn't see any disrespectful people. In Barbie, there weren't any disrespectful people apart from just people who decided to not sit in their seats. Yeah. Like their assigned seat and they just sat in different seats. But it all got sorted out pretty quickly. It was annoying while it happened, but it was sorted out. And then we just enjoyed. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like moving on to Barbie now, our non-spoiler review. Mm-hmm. First, again, just like tailing off on the whole theater experience. And yeah, we had that little mix up with people not sitting in their right seats. And that was annoying because it happened to be on our side of the theater. So <laughs> them sorting all that out, they were standing in front of us. So the first like five, ten minutes of the movie, we had to kind of watch between people standing in front of us. But, you know, luckily, most of things. those scenes were the scenes from the trailers. Yeah. So it's like I kind of already know what is right. going on here. The other thing that's just like it has nothing to do with the movie, but just purely the the funny things that get to happen when you are sharing a theater with a bunch of strangers and we're humans, so we do weird shit. <laughs> and so we're watching the movie. I don't even remember <laughs> at what point in time. I just clued into what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember what point in the movie that this happened. Mm-hmm. I just remember that it was fairly quiet in the theater. <laughs> we were all focused on the, on the screen. And just some <laughs> some casual viewer... Just decided to just belch. Oh, the so loud, and everybody had the same reaction. Where it was just like we kind of, I could feel everybody's eyes kind of just doing the like side eye. Like, did that just happen? And then at the same time, the theater just exploded with laughter at the burp. Nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, and it was so funny because the entire theater, like all the little jokes and stuff. Everybody was just in unison laughing at things. Yeah. And then 
I don't I don't remember what part of the movie is, but I feel like it was a more somber part because it was, it was quiet, it was so quiet, and then just, bleh, <laughs> and then a solid like three or four seconds of silence. Because as I feel like side eye, yeah, each other. and then. It was kind of like that evaluation, like, is anybody going to react to that? And then you just couldn't not. And we all just kind of reacted at the same time. And I it, I wish I could have met Burp Guy <laughs> because that. It was so funny. What, and I love. Yeah, that was an interruption that added to the movie. Yeah. And like just to the theater experience, because I feel like like had that happened in Oppenheimer. You wouldn't have had the same reaction. No, it's, be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like, this is too serious of a movie to have you just in here belching. But <laughs> <laughs> you it was made me choke on my own. <laughs> but it's just, <coughs> it was just amazing, and just the fact that we all had the same reaction. And I was like thinking about how it's this, the type of humor that. So only certain people are going to find funny. It's kind of like how Bob's Burgers, for example, there's like the fart jokes and the poop jokes and that stuff. And we think it's great. We eat that shit up. And then you would ask someone else, like another adult who maybe doesn't watch like adult animation or something. And they don't, they're like, it's, it's dumb. Like, I don't care about it. And we're just like, nah, that's friggin' hilarious. Whoever burp person is just MVP. (laughs) <laughs> yeah couldn't pick a better movie to burp in because <laughs> i'm just thinking of all the movies i've ever been in a theater for mm-hmm. if somebody were to just in a quiet moment a gentle quiet just unleash just like the fury of the gods through their stomach <laughs> out their mouth i can't think of another movie where i would have been okay with it yeah I would have been annoyed in almost every other movie. Would I have been like, oh, what the fuck? No. But I've been like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I just think that if like maybe a kid's movie, if we were with the kids and watching a movie, like honestly, when you go to see a kid's movie in a theater full of kids, you just expect there to be noise from the audience, whether it's like a kid crying, a kid talking, a kid burping, like... You just expect stuff. So I feel like that's the only other circumstance where if someone had burped in the theater that audibly, that it wouldn't have been a big deal is just if we were casually out with the kids watching some movie we don't care about. Yeah. But we cared very much about this movie and we also thought it was hilarious that someone burped. Yes. Then I guess like the the last thing that I have to say that is non-spoiler is just that like... This is a phenomenal movie that I I think that everybody should go watch it. Uh, I saw a TikTok that was like, if you're if you're taking a guy out on a date, you're in a new relationship, take him to see the Barbie movie. It's the perfect gauge to see if he's right for you. Yeah. You're going on a first date, Barbie movie. You're going on a ten year anniversary, Barbie movie. Just like test test your people to see how they respond to it. Because I've seen so many people online in this seemingly vocal minority who are just like, the Barbie movie is garbage, it's anti-men, it's like, it just, we all hate men. And let me just say, like, buddy, you missed the picture. Yeah. You missed the point. You were, 
you're standing beside it and then you missed it completely. Yeah. I feel like that's just people just being too self-absorbed to be able to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And you can't really fix stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You can try, but they're just going to keep missing that point. And like, I just, I was so excited for this movie and it did not let me down. You know how there have been so many times that we've seen a movie that we're super excited to see and we, we get our expectations set so high because we just want it to be everything that we ever dreamed about. And then it's just like, oh, well, it was okay, I guess. It is what it is. Yeah. That was not the case with this movie. It was worth every day for the past year and a half that I have been anxiously waiting for this movie. And I am dying and looking for any reason to be able to go watch it again. <laughs> I, I had a few people at work ask me, is like, oh, because like, I was just like, yeah, I watched Barbenheimer. And they're like, oh, which one did you prefer? I was like, Every time Barbie, mm-hmm. perfect movie, like no notes. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like I'm sure there are some people out there besides the like, oh, this is a man-hating film that obviously <laughs> oh, you mean disagree. The wrong people? <laughs> but I don't care about what they think. There are some people that really enjoyed the film and are going to disagree that we think it's perfect. I think just because of who we are and like the things that we like and where we stand with like morals and equality and shit like that. It's a movie for us and we love it. <laughs> just, just shit like shit that. Shit like that. You know, the things that people care about. Um, but I remember saying to you after watching this movie about how like there's just certain points in time where you just have to think and appreciate the fact that you got to exist at the same time as something. Yeah. You got to exist at the same time as someone. Oftentimes I think this about Harry Styles. But in this case, <laughs> I think about... Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Greta Gerwig, this movie. I'm just like, how am I so blessed to be alive right now that I got to witness this and I got to see these people embody these characters to perfection? Uh, Yeah. I'm so lucky. Everybody in this movie was just so perfect for their roles. Um, Like... Down to like Michael Sarah as Alan. Yeah. All of it. Every, everybody was just chef's kiss. I remember like honestly, Margot Robbie being announced as Barbie. I was like, there's no one else. I know the obviously Amy Schumer would have been a fucking disaster. <laughs> and thank For a goodness. Second, I thought you were gonna be like, Amy Schumer would have been fine, but she was no more but then you you, <laughs> you said the right thing. And then there was also other rumors that like Anne Hathaway and um, there was Gal Gadot apparently was rumored to play Barbie. None of these would have embodied Barbie the right way. And I also think that it would not have been nearly the success that it was if anybody else had played Barbie. Well, because looking at the press stuff, Margot Robbie is is Barbie. Mm Mm-hmm. She got Ryan Gosling on board. Oh, yeah? So it could have been a different Barbie, but then we would not have had that Ken. Which also would have been a disaster. And Greta Gerwig said it was him or nothing. Yeah. Uh, so she, like, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were, like, the first co-conspirators 
on like all this apart from her like writing partner yeah um but uh they were just like oh we need we need ryan gosling so they called him and they didn't hear back they called him again didn't hear back margot robbie was just like should i go to his house and like (laughs) ask him and she's like no that's creepy we can't do that so they texted him and texted him then finally they got it back and he's just like "Eh, i don't know then margot robbie was just like I will buy you a present every day. Yeah. And she did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, yeah, okay. I thought he saw one of his daughter's Ken dolls face down in a mud puddle and was like, you know what? This story needs to be told. <laughs> There's just a whole lot of like how it came together. Yeah. That is just so perfect. All of it. It's just so... it. All of it is so perfect. And I love... I've loved Ryan Gosling since The Notebook. Honestly, probably before because of Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> Him doing the dance in those His hammer par- pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like anytime I can find a Canadian to love and and like also Rachel McAdams, I do. Like if I find a good Canadian, I'm like, this one's a good one. They're a keeper. We're going to hang on to them. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Gosling has always been one of those people and I've always loved and admired his work but i've always also known that he is very funny yeah like in all of his interviews he's so Uh, funny but you never get to see that on screen and so he's always doing action stuff and we got to see it in crazy stupid love but not to this extent and even the the funniness that comes out of it in his interviews because of this movie like i can't imagine not having that now yeah I I've been flooded with interviews from him during his is it the nice guys yeah and just like the antics him and Russell Crowe got up to mm-hmm. uh, him and Harrison Ford when they were doing Blade Runner yeah uh, and his just, like, comedic timing yeah and just his quick wit is yes. so great yes I he I think he is phenomenal I think like I said everybody in this movie is phenomenal. Can we talk about spoiler stuff? I just have to say one more thing. Okay. And how I feel very great because Margot Robbie, Barbie, I was like, yes, this is the best thing ever. Ryan Gosling, Ken, yes, this is the best thing ever. Everybody was like, oh, he's too old to play Ken. He can't play Ken. Like, look at him. He doesn't look like a Ken. I'm like, you could not be more wrong. You could not be wronger. Like, you are so wrong in saying that. And everybody was doubting his Ken. And I was just like, nah, you just wait. You just wait. He's going to kill it. He is Ken. I know he is Ken. And he's Ken. And I feel so satisfied in the fact that I was never doubtful. I was never shaken. I knew. I was like, yes, this casting, beautiful. (laughs) It's going to be the best. And it was the best. It was. Now, I want to get into spoilers because I just want to talk about things in the movie. Uh, so official warning, Barbie spoilers. We didn't really have any for Oppenheimer because like. Yeah, like it's a it's a historical based movie. Yeah. So it's like there's not really anything in the movie that you couldn't already know just from history. I mean, like I didn't know much about the story. But I feel like you don't really need to spoil it because it's just it's something that's happened already. Yeah. Like Um, you said, there's like a 
scientist doing science things. There's a bomb. <laughs> There's love Kaboom. messes. Because he's a womanizer. In case you didn't know. Now you do. There you go. Spoiler. <laughs> um, there's affairs and drama. There's, there's Yeah, there's drama that happens. And bombs. But in Barbie, spoiler alert, final warning. Um, I loved how through all of the press and stuff, they were just like, this movie's not what you expect. Mm-hmm. This movie is not what you expect. What you're expecting, that's not it. It's something else. And I was just like, yeah, okay. This is going to be a movie where they go to the people world and see that it's different, and then they have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I wasn't wrong. See, but it was also more. I was expecting... I was expecting Mattel to be the villain. I was expecting them to go, and, like, there's the one scene in the trailer where she's running away past all the cubicles, and they're chasing her. Yeah. And I was expecting them to kind of, like, be, like, a cat and mouse type thing with them just chasing her and her needing to get away from them, and that was kind of the plot mixed with just dealing with the drastic differences between Barbie land and real world. And I also thought that America Ferreira's character was just going to kind of like stumble upon Barbie and just be like, oh, I'll help you kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't expect the like intellectual connection because that was the Barbie that she played with. Yeah. And was like designing things for. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said you thought Mattel was going to be the villain. I like that there wasn't really a villain. Mm -hmm. Like the villain was ideology and how uh, like different. Corruptness. Yes. So because it's like some people would say Ken was the villain. But like was he really or was he just another victim of the system? Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is they do go to the people world because there's this, uh, glitch in her programming or whatever weird Barbie says. Yeah. And so she goes to the people world. It she was, she was sent to find the person playing with her. Yeah. And it's not what she thinks. She goes past the construction site cause she just really needs some good feminine energy Yeah, just to get hit on by a bunch of construction workers. Yeah. And, uh, so, and also none of them were female. <laughs> yes. She's expecting everything to be run by females yeah. and not. Um, so she goes and she kind of detours off onto her own journey cause she's very much not into Ken. Right. And Ken is having this crisis of self. So he goes and he reads up on the patriarchy. And she is going through her own process of meeting people, self-discovery and all that, uh, all while dodging Mattel, who is just a bunch of bumbling idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fantastic. Kudos to Mattel for being just like, yeah, go nuts. Like, We'll be the the butt of the joke. It's fine. Yeah, because in the end, it shows what Barbie is meant to be. Right. So it does show Mattel's vision. So it's and honestly, Mattel's going to make tons of money from this anyway. Like the amount of new Barbies and stuff that they're going to make because of it and sell because of it, and also the clothing and just everything that's going to come out of this movie. Um. But so then Ken goes back to Barbie Land to preach the wonders he's learned of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. which he isn't quite sure how horses play into it, but he thinks they have a big part. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is just the greatest. Um, but it he starts changing things in Barbie land and it it ends up being a lot like you know the real world and where people will come to the conclusion that Ken is the villain is because he starts embracing this patriarchy so uh, rapidly and like aggressively turning the Barbie dream house into his casa dojo casa home <laughs> that all mean the same thing yeah um but he's really just another naive innocent boy essentially a child just being just thrust into this world where it's like you're supposed to lead you're supposed to have power what are you if you are not a sought after prize yeah which what has his entire existence been but to win the approval of his Barbie. So who is he if he is not that? Yeah. I saw something on TikTok that was like kind of along the same lines as that where it's like specifically speaking to mothers of boys mm -hmm. and how you're trying to raise your sons to be better and to respect women and to accept no as an answer and to consider like respect consent and that be a requirement for everything that yeah. it is non-negotiable you need to have consent all these things um to have respectable m men yeah so you're raising these boys to respect women and value them as their as your equal mm -hmm. and understand that they are capable and powerful just as anyone else yeah and then they go off to school or basically just any societal exposure go out into life. And it's just like you have these boys then being taught by their peers and maybe other men figures in their lives and how they are acting. And then it's just like everything that you're trying to teach them about how to be a decent guy is now being undone yeah. by just societal norms as a man who grew up around other really boys toxic masculinity <laughs> the amount of people i know who like for instance view women as a conquest mm -hmm. it's like they are a thing to be won and conquered and like look at how many women i've had or right, yeah. something like that like it's it's genuinely terrifying how and I mean it goes for just about everywhere but I'm speaking from like a very rural place mm -hmm. that it's it's so misogynistic yeah how we live that Movies like this are, like I said, take everybody you know to this movie. And if they say, oh, that's just a woke bullshit. They don't, they're, they hate men. Cut those people the fuck out. Yeah. If people don't leave this movie understanding that it's like women are equals. Women's emotions help. The, like that little speech at the beginning. I am emotional and I am logical. 
And having emotions doesn't hinder my ability to make decisions. It It enhances it. It enhances it. And men, it is okay to be yourself. You don't need to be who you're with or who, what you have. You can just be you. Just, yeah, you can just be you. Yeah. I just, there are so many things like as a woman watching it that would have just obviously relate to me more than you or like I would be like this is so accurate Mm -hmm. and one of those times is when they go back to Barbie land and Ken has changed everything to be the Kendom yeah and um when they're trying to like unbrainwash the women they're the way to distract the Kens away from their Barbie so that they can go and be unbrainwashed um is to just basically act like a damsel in distress yep and it is so true because honestly if i need to get a man's attention like i could just go up to to almost any guy and be like oh i'm i'm so sorry i just i really need i don't know where i am and I need to get to this place. Could you just point me in the direction? Oh, don't worry, Lily. It's very easy to get lost around here. I'll, uh, don't worry. I'll help you. I'll because help you get where you're going. then on the flip side, men just always assume that you are a damsel in distress and you don't know what you're doing and they need to help you. And that's where mansplaining comes in. So it's like if I, if I need to just like get your attention... Just act like I don't know how to do something. Just act like I don't know where something is. Just act like, oh, like I'm having car troubles and I don't, I just don't know. And there have been times where it's like, I genuinely don't know. And I feel really dumb because I don't want you to know that I don't know because I view that as like a weakness. Like there was a time I went in to get my, my tires changed and, um, from my winter tires to my summer tires and I go in and I say like can you change my tires and he's like yeah like are your are your spring tires like on rims and I was like I think so like they yeah. look like that but they have the like fancy thingy in the middle and and I wasn't trying to be a damsel in distress I wasn't trying to be like oh I don't know anything I'm just a simple woman but I know that that's how it came across. And he was more than happy to help me. And I'm just lucky that I wasn't taken advantage of. Yeah. <laughs> because I like. That could have gone one, one of two ways. The way that it did happen where he was just like, yeah, don't worry, sweetie. We'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> or cha-ching boys. Yeah. We're going to hey, upcharge. Yeah. We got to get you some new blinker fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the stuff. But then there's other times where it's like, I am very knowledgeable in this topic, but you are talking down to me or not listening to me because I'm a woman and working in customer service in a hardware store. <laughs> I got that so much and it's like listen this is my department i know about this product i know what i'm talking about i literally run this place it could litter it could be something as simple as batteries <laughs> of just being like what batteries does this need oh it needs a nine volt yeah um is there a man that i could speak to the amount of times i got that because how could a woman know anything about a battery <laughs> household batteries women know nothing but it's just like 
those kinds of things where it's like you experience those every day. And to just think that there are men saying that this movie is like just attacking men and is just a man-hating film, to say that they miss the point is an understatement. Yeah. Because it's like if you haven't talked to a woman who has been like sexually harassed or whistled at or treated like an object or spoken down to or undervalued and underappreciated because they're just assumed to not know anything I would be I would be shocked I would be amazed and then the other thing that I was also just like reflecting back on the the movie and like how things went when Barbie land was run by the Barbies yes yeah the Kens were not valued hardly at all they were just kind of there hanging out Mm -hmm. and the Barbies were running things and kind of just ignoring the Kens. They're like, I don't want you here. Go away. It's girls night. And it's just like, that's, that's kind of mean. Yeah. But not once did they tell Ken, like, you have to do this because you're the man. You have to go over there. You have to do that. You have to, you have to be at the beach. Yeah. You're a Ken. You have to, you're a Ken. You have to wear like short, khakis. You have to wear matching short, short, unbuttoned, button up every day. Every day. Nothing else. You're only allowed to wear this color. Like they they weren't controlled is what I guess yes. what I'm getting at. They were there. They were underappreciated. They didn't have to compromise really who they wanted to be really. Like they could do whatever activity yeah, if, they wanted to do. If you were surfer Ken, you could surf. Yeah. All you want. If you are beach Ken, you can beach yourself off all, all you day. want. All day. Beach everybody off at the same time. If you want. You could beach him off, then you could beach him off, then you could beach yourself off. If you want to do backflips, go for it. <laughs> That's great for you. But like they could go to the, they were welcome at the party. They could yeah. dance. They could backflip. They could dance however they wanted to yeah. dance. No one told them that they were wrong yeah. for doing it. No one called them a whore for doing it. <laughs> but, but when Ken took over. That changed. The Barbies all had to pay attention to the Kens and if, get your if, brewski beers. If you did not get Ken a brewski beer. What were you even doing? Yeah, you were just there to be his arm candy, to get him what he needed, to do all this stuff. And so then they weren't themselves anymore. They were just... President Barbie was just get Ken a brewski beer, Barbie. Exactly. They were all just, let's do this. And I guess in the same way, the Kens all kind of were the same. But I that wasn't because the Barbies made them be that way, I don't think. I think that's just because they were programmed like that. But. I just, that was something noticeable that I was just like, it's funny that that's how that played out. Yeah. And then there was also the, uh, the people are saying online about how Barbie apologized to Ken for not appreciating him more and not every night had to be girls night. And she apologized. He's like, Oh, I really like, I really appreciate you saying that, whatever. But he never apologized for what he did. He mm. kicked her out of her house. And like America Ferrera's character even said like, she's like, I don't want to hurt him. 
And she's just like, girl, he did this. He did this. He took your house like he brainwashed your friends like. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, right. And it's just like he never apologized for any of that. Fucking Ken's. So it's like it's great that that Ken is Knuff and that he's going to be his own man. But it was just like those things where it's like even like men in real life has to have such a hard time admitting that they did something wrong and actually yeah. apologizing for it, even though you know that they are sorry hey, for it. Hey, I'm sorry. Thank you. That <laughs> means a lot. I know. Um. What? Uh, so like. That was like the themes of it is just like combating patriarchy and like oppression of gender. Mm-hmm. Um, it also had a lot of jokes. It yes. was very joke heavy and so goddamn funny. Yeah. Um, what were some of your favorite jokes? Because for me, it was when Ken is in the real world and he's going around trying to find a job mm-hmm. and he goes to the beach. He's Beach Ken, right? Yeah. So he's just like, yes, I'm here for a job for Beach. And the guy's just like, oh, we don't need another lifeguard. And he's like, no, I'm Beach. I'm not a lifeguard. I'm Beach Ken. I'll stay right here. And the guy's like, but no one needs saving here. And he's just like, good, because if there were, I am not qualified to save them. <laughs> the funniest. It was Yeah, and like the delivery in it was hilarious. There were a lot of things that just that made me laugh obviously anything relating to genitals <laughs> because barbies don't have any so there was like weird barbie saying about how like oh i'd love to see the like flesh colored smooth hunk of plastic between his legs or whatever yeah. that line was i don't know the exact phrasing of it but basically just referencing that kens don't actually have penises so it's like i'd love to see the smooth bulge that's there or like when they get to the real world and yeah. the construction workers are are catcalling cat and saying a bunch of like just vulgar vulgar things. things. Um, and she's just like, I don't know like what you're saying or what that means, but I just want you to know that I don't have a vagina and he doesn't have a penis. We don't have genitals. And she just kind of like walks away and he's just like, I have all the genitals. <laughs> Ken <laughs> It's had so many just like quiet one-liners yeah um or even just like physical jokes like there's the one time he had sunglasses on and then he puts another pair over top of them because he's ready to go like yeah. to emphasize how ready he is or when he comes back and he's embraced his like rocky balboa he's got the big like uh like the big fur uh i don't even know it's just like a Minx. Yeah, like sleeveless coat thing. I think they call it his minx. Yeah, and he's he's just got like a lightning bolt bandana, uh, a Ken Metallica font, uh, fanny pack, mm-hmm. his uh, Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah. All of the, just like the Kenisms. The are, horses. Are so funny. Him not understanding... The deal with horses. Mm-hmm. He, he, like, I felt spoken to by, <laughs> and so I, I was uh, listening to somebody else talk about this movie, and they made a reference that I, I didn't realize until they said it how much that I agree with them, that the Barbie movie is 
a lot like Anchorman. Okay. In the sense that it's just, it's a dumb movie with a bunch of dumb people. Like Anchorman, Robin Burgundy and his news crew, they're Mm -hmm. so fucking stupid. Yeah. And that's the entertainment. Barbie and Ken, like in this situation, they're so stupid. Yeah. They're naive. They don't understand. It's just, you get enjoyment out of the stupidity of the situation. The only difference is this has a point and like yeah a deeper meaning to it where Anchorman it is just dumb funny. Right. Yeah. This is dumb funny with heart. Yes. But like I super can see the the Anchorman allure, I'll call it. Yeah. Where it's just like the dumbness of it helps get the point of you know like these deeper meanings and messages to I guess stick because I feel like if it was just a movie about these like misogyny and the patriarchy and all that like it'd yeah. be a heavy movie yeah but the dumbness brings levity and it helps you not take it too seriously while taking it ser- I don't know that's, that's it sounds weird it makes say, it more but, relatable yeah like because it's not like it's stuff that we don't know or are aware of, but because of the way that it's done, it doesn't feel like it's attacking anybody as much as some people somehow still manage <laughs> to feel like they're attacked. Like the jovial side of it is to kind of raise awareness and shed light on a situation without really pointing fingers and without, while still being able to relate to yeah. Many people. I feel like it's, it's bringing like, people together with humor. Yeah. I feel like it's when a, a comic tells jokes about things that aren't normally talked about. Yeah. It's like humor breaking down the walls. Yeah. It makes it easier to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's something that's caused so much division. The comedy brings people together. Yeah. So that you can still think about these topics and talk about these topics without the discomfort and the shame involved with yeah. the topics. Because when you have a movie that so uh, expertly addresses uh, like feminism, the patriarchy, and all these things, but also has a kick-ass beach fight yeah. using inanimate <laughs> objects that cuts away into a synchronized dance scene. Yeah, the references that it makes, like Grease. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you said, it cuts away from anyone feeling attacked, or it should. There's still some people who manage. But, I mean, how do you feel attacked when you're watching two Kens flex at each other so hard that it makes an explosion? Yeah. Like, it's so campy that it just cuts that tension and helps you accept the message without being overwhelmed by a message. Yeah. And like I just the whole movie was just great. Like I just I could talk about it forever. Like things are just going to keep popping up in my head that I'm like, "Oh, and this. Oh, and this. And this. And this." <laughs> and it was just a really great, fun, thought-provoking movie. And I don't really think anybody can ask for more than that. Absolutely. One thing just very minimal, like just a, such a simple detail that I just 
it touched my heart because I played with Barbies, because I had all these accessories and and I had these, not all those clothes, but like there's so much of it that was so familiar to me and to see it on a screen as real people. Yeah. That was just so like nostalgic and fun. Just all the dream houses, the slide that comes out of the bedroom into the pool, the fact that she walks on top of the pool because it's not real water, like all those little details, her showering and being like, oh, it's so nice. And then when it's too cold and there's no water coming out, there's no milk coming out. And then when it's like starting to go wrong and the milk is spoiled and all these little things are just so wonderful. The way that the ambulance opened up. Yes. Did you, like it wasn't it wasn't like a door just like the whole ambulance opened up into yeah. like a little hospital room because that's how the toys are. Yes. And I love that. The fact that they made all of these toys but bigger. Yeah. What and it didn't look like shit. No, it looked what, amazing. I know. It was incredible. I want there to be like a Barbie Land theme park. Yeah. Like at this point like Mattel is really diving into, or I guess, I don't know if it's Mattel or Hasbro, but like there is like a toy universe, um, like Transformers. There's a, there was a comic book that just came out where there's these two astronauts that are like, they're, they're from opposing factions and they've landed and they're like, they have to work together to, to get enough resources to leave this planet. But then they're like, oh, there's another another crash, crashed spaceship over there. We'll go get it. And then it's just like a crashed Transformer. Okay. Out of nowhere. Um, but like all these toy companies are making big uh, intertwined worlds. Mm-hmm. Where like the Transformers meet, uh, I don't know, other toys and stuff. And it's all within like a cinematic universe. Okay. Yeah. I knew that they were ha- making their own cinematic universe. I would be shocked if it didn't bring on some sort of Disneyland-esque amusement park of these toy companies with like a Barbie land and a Transformer... Something. Something. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, and I... uh, Genuinely, I've just been thinking of more bits of the movie that were just really good, and we're at like almost an hour and a half, and I could go on and on. So like, I'm just going to invite people. We do also have a discord, um, that you can, you can talk to me about Barbie stuff all the time or just like other movie things where it's just like, we give me more information that we just don't have time to address here. Mm-hmm. I I'll chat about all my favorite Ken jokes and, uh, like, Ken barfing when the flat feet happens. That was so funny. Or Alan incapable of getting over a fence. I remember I was going to say like, how long do you think before Alan makes another comeback? Because of this movie, I wouldn't be surprised if Alan is reintroduced as a doll that you can purchase again. Oh, a lot of, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those like that showcase of discontinued Barbies. Yeah, came back. Got reintroduced because of it. Like Midge, they're just like, oh, no, <laughs> don't look at her. She's discontinued because you can't show a pregnant person. 
but it the thing about her that's just weird is how the like baby was in her stomach that part was weird like sure find a way to have a pregnant doll that's awesome cool but like sugar's daddy (laughs) sugar's daddy ken he's not a sugar daddy he's sugar's daddy (laughs) so ridiculous like how did that even get to be i like an idea poor planning they had a dog named sugar and they just were like ken can be his daddy it's sugar's daddy but yeah if you want to talk to me about ken's talk to me all day uh at the top i did say our instagrams and tiktok find us there all that stuff let us know did you barbenheimer which one did you like best and when is alan coming back Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. If you haven't already, please download this episode and we will talk to you next week.